Tonight, on Rogue Padron. Don't call them eyeballs. Middle of the night plastic sealant emergency. Agumar <laughs> rules the galaxy. Jansen the murderer shows his true colors. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Hello, wonderful listeners, and welcome to Season 5, Mission 7 of Rogue Padron. A quick reminder of your hosts, because I got to pet some therapy dogs the other day. If (sighs) Seth, Rogue 7, was a dog, she'd be a chow-chow, because their size and cuteness make them look fun, but they are always ready to fight. Oh Oh my god, I love chow-chow so much. (laughs) Elliot is part (laughs) chow-chow. He's so little! <laughs> They're so floofy. They are. I love them. Super floofy. He, Rogue Three, would be a Basenji because they are described as smart and affectionate, but do not want to have anything to do with strangers. Oh yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's so accurate. Meg, did you just Google what breed of dog is smart and affectionate but does not like strangers? No, I went through the like American Kennel Club dog description. List. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I Mo- put a lot of effort into these things. <laughs> Most introverted dog. <laughs> Danny Rogue Six would specifically be Bob the Golden Retriever, who is famous on the internet for snuggling with birds. Oh my god! So good. I need to do some research, and I'll get back to you. Yes, you should. They're wonderful <laughs> pictures. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be a Keyshawn because they're massively fluffy and look like Ewok puppies. Oh my god, I love them! Keyshawns are my favorite. <laughs> are baby Ewoks called puppies? Or pups? Sure. <laughs> well, you're the yes. expert. Okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going to make an executive decision and say yes. Okay. Not like, not Ewok cubs? Or Ewok calves? No, they're Ewok pups? No. Why would they be calves? Calves. Calves. like... I don't know how to say that word. Cows. <laughs> Why would they be baby cows? I was just thinking of the names of baby animals. Ewok chicks. That's fair. Mm. No, that's something else. Ewok kids. Mm. I like I like pups. Ewok lambs. Pups is good. <laughs> okay. Do you have a question about Star Wars Episode Eight: Speaking- The Last Jedi? <laughs> Speaking of stalling. I have a question about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Do you? <laughs> Which, even though it's Episode Eight, is going to be the ninth Star Wars movie. How trippy is that? Whoa! Did I just blow your minds? No. Okay. Um, I mean, actually, a little bit. So Ray is a pilot, and we've seen her pilot the Millennium Falcon, and we've read about her in Before the Awakening piloting another ship. And this is a big part of her identity. Um, And all the hype for Rey for Episode 8 seems to be about, oh, she's going to be training to be a Jedi with Luke. But I'm wondering, do you think, slash do you want to see Rey behind the um, controls of a ship and specifically an (gasps) X-Wing? Yes. And that would also fit because Luke was an X-Wing pilot. So you can also teach her how to do that. Yeah. I think it would be cool, but I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. You're probably yeah. I, like I, I think, think it's likely she'll fly the Falcon again, but right, not absolutely. But I don't I don't know about X Wings. So she's gonna be the the new Han Solo, spiritual Han Solo. Yeah. And and be the one flying the the junky ship into battle with the beautiful X Wings around her. Mm-hmm. What about Luke? I would love to see Luke back into a, the cockpit of an X-Wing. That would be amazing. I mean, I will. I would assume that he's going to fly something. I think it would be weird for it to be something that's not an X-Wing. What if it's just himself? Yeah, what if he just flew around? What if he's that's learned like the last force power? how to use the force to fly? <laughs> sure. Works. 
What a terrible idea. <laughs> Great. Good talk, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get some more good talking going with chapters 24 through 27 of Wraith Squadron. <clears throat> so remember, we are back on that vacation planet and <laughs> store and all. And they are trying, they all of the mission pieces are coming together now. So Phelan, Face, um, Lieutenant Atriel Tabane, and Wedge managed to propel themselves onto the roof of the tie bunker thanks to a bouncy skimmer. Thankfully, the guards who come to check out the speeder assume it was just a drifter and don't suspect their infiltration. Back inside the bunker, or back where the Lombada class shuttles are to take the crew of I already forgot the name of the ship, of the nest, <laughs> back up. Um, they, let's see, what do they do? Um, Kel can't talk his way out of this fight, and we finally see his hand-to-hand combat moves. He's pretty good, but the mechanic whacks him with a hydro spanner, damaging his ribs. He breaks the mechanic's wrist and knocks him out, and he's about to report the whole thing in, but one of the mechanic's co-workers stops them, and he offers to just go with the original plan of Kells so nobody gets in trouble. They agree that fewer reports are better, and so Playgroup is on their way out. This was not Runs a thing. good first showing of Kells' hand-to-hand combat skills. It really is he not. got bested by a hydro yeah. spanner. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty embarrassing, TBH. Like, isn't that something you train for? Where you're like, oh, I'm in Heinz hand, but I better make stock of, like, potential weapons that are around? Yeah. And yeah. tools are always weapons. <laughs> so, Runt comes in for a strafing in full force. Wedge takes a moment to appreciate the people who die for cover under fuel cells. Poor idea. <laughs> <laughs> And Runt makes two successful passes, buying the rates on the roof time to get the grappling hooks and drop inside. I mean, I appreciate but- that Wedge, even in this moment, is like taking a second to smell the roses. Right. He's like, these people are morons. <laughs> <laughs> and then like goes over on his grappling hook. Good job, Wedge. Take a break when you need it. Playgroup plus Wiz are back at the Nara, and Kel notices they have pulled that there's uh, now a gunner. Com- there are gunner towers to combat Runt. Those plus the ties on his tail make Kel sweat. He just sweats so much in this book. Ew, sweats <laughs> so much. <laughs> he wants to have the Nara provide support, but Wiz stops him. And when Kel gets mad about it, he simply says to trust your squad mates. We then see the gunner get taken out. They forgot Min is out there watching everybody's backs. Oh my god. Real MVP, Mindonos. I'm so glad yeah. that Wiz and Kel have sorted through all their issues and are getting along just fine now. Super and fine. And continue to forever. And everything is fine <laughs> between the totally two of them. Totally <laughs> I'm Yeah, I'm sure it always will be. <laughs> yeah, this will never come back. Right. Kel's totally not going to break one of these times. Over the, in the TIE bunker, four black mass commandos take over the base and recall the TIE pilots. We, I, In this part, I appreciated that Face is not perfect because up until now, he's been like spot on in everything. But then we see him, one, miss a shot into the control tower, hear his voice crack, and see him feeling nervous. <clears throat> Later all on... comes falling down. Right. Faces facade then... of being oh a perfect God. human. Danny, facade. did you just say faces facade? <laughs> no. <laughs> did you? Yes, you did. Mm. So, Faze continues to be nervous, which is bad because he gets called in from base and he accidentally calls the ties eyeballs and reveals to everybody that they're rebels. Wedge and Phelan are then forced to vape the two returning ties, and the Nara has come to get face into Bonnie. I feel like the last couple of chapters from the last episode, everyone was just like, we're on vacation, we're kicking ass and taking names, and we're so great. And then suddenly in this chapter, it all catches up to them. And they're like, <laughs> oh, shoot, we forgot. We're a bunch of flawed beings. Right. Like, wait a <laughs> second. You're the reject squadron. <laughs> right. 
like all their insecurities are coming boiling to the surface and suddenly none of them are able to be competent anymore. (laughs) Oh no. Back in the air, the gunners are having a heck of a time trying to shoot down the stolen ties. His coworker tells one of the gunners coworker tells him to focus shooting on the Nara because there's no way they'd have the most important part of their crew in the fighters. Lol. (laughs) Because it's wedged in that fighter and he is definitely number one most important. Wedge is always MVP. Even when Mindonis is around. Sorry, Min. Wedge is yeah. number one. But before any of this can happen, the gunner explodes thanks to the ties, a.k.a. Wedge. And it's no longer the gunner's problem. <laughs> All of the wraiths make it out relatively unharmed with, most, with two mostly intact TIE fighters. Wiz being Wiz thinks they should steal one of every type of Imperial Navy ship ending with the Super Star Destroyer Iron Fist. Hey, that's the yeah. name of the next book. It sure is. What a coincidence. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> Intriguing. I wonder why that is. <laughs> it's also the name of this highly acclaimed Netflix series coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, highly I've acclaimed. Read, I, I've read some rave reviews. <laughs> I have Sounds real some, good. heard some claims, that's for sure. <laughs> Despite the little bit of problems they had on Storinol, the race plan worked overall. They meet up with the Hawkbat and get the stealth satellites from them without any of the crew seeing each other face-to-face because they're on quarantine procedures. The Nightcaller, I still can't get over that name, then continues (laughs) on its next scheduled stop, the Todrian system? Todrian? Todrian? Let's just say it's the Toydarian. The toy dairy. <laughs> There's a bunch of wattos. Oh my gosh, blow it up. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> After thanks, Seth. After the corporate <laughs> chief offers the net collar offers for the net collar to pick up the latest batch of refined alloy, Face goes down and inspects the shipment, reporting back to the rates where Zinge wears Zinge's warehouses are. Whose warehouses? Zinge's. Zinge. Zinge's. Zinges. <laughs> you know, I've, we haven't had any listeners correct our pronunciation of zinge. I mean, does anyone know how to say zinge? <laughs> I would, I would like to know how this is actually pronounced. If there is an don't, actual pronunciation, don't ask for that. Please let me be right don't. for once. <laughs> like, is it like what sound does zs make? Is it is it supposed to be like zinge? Zinge. I don't even know, but this is probably terrible to listen to as a podcast listener. <laughs> Wait, is, they knew what they were signing up for. Wasn't there a famous actress, Jaja Gabor, right? Yeah. She was ZSA. That was her name. So should we... Was it... Was she Jaja or Zaza? It was Jaja, right? So it's Jinj. Zinge. I'm not saying that. That's fine. No, we're we're going be, with Zinge. You can be Warlord Jaja from now on. Zha- <laughs> I like War- <laughs> Warlord Gabor. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's catchy. Oh my god. <laughs> I love how we always end up giving all these villains just absurd nicknames like Kitten. <laughs> Warlord <laughs> Gabor. <laughs> okay, it's official. Warlord Gabor. So good. So for the Tordarian system, they'll be doing a standard... <laughs> we, we just changed this entire section of the book. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, but now it's Warlord Ghidor hanging out with a bunch of Wattos. Oh, my God. <laughs> Worst. Oh. They'll be doing the standard stoop and shoot mission with one key difference. They'll be going in as Rogue Squadron. Whoa, throwback. But Remember what Rogue Squadron, guys? y'all? Yeah. So the point is that they're going to be feeding information to Warlord Warlord Gabor with the satellites <laughs> they picked up from the Hawkbat. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. <laughs> they want to give the wrong information, so Cubber will be repainting the X-Wings in Rogue colors, and they'll be communicating on open comms. Face even needs to call Wedge Tycho a few times. Grinder rushes out of the briefing room into his locker. He pulls out the bug he lifted from the Xeno Health Institute and goes into the docking bay. He dumps the Stortini 
Storini, the Storini glass prowler, into the cockpit of Face's X-Wing and shuts the canopy, hoping Face will have a nice little surprise when he goes on guard duty. That's dangerous. I have so many things to say about this, but let's let's wait a little until we get a little more information. Okay. Okay. I want to hear these. When Face comes back, there's no sign he was in any kind of distress. At his first chance, Griner goes back to Face's X-Wing and looks for any sign of the glass prowler and finds none. He feels like it was an opportunity wasted and he'll have to get a more obvious animal for his next prank. I mean, okay, at this point, like, we don't know much about the bug, but already we know that Bothans are terrible at playing pranks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, add, it, add it to the list. Add it to the list. <laughs> God. You know, I I kind of liked Face too, and then or yeah, Grind, not Face Grinder. Yes, that's what I meant. Grinder, the um, expert human psychology. Yeah, and then he just like <laughs> proved to be kind of a typical Bothan here. Right, like sometimes he has moments when you're like, I guess you're yeah, not. Yeah, I like felt but... for him a few times when he's not Both explaining, starting to reassess my position on Bothans, but then he does this. Yeah, it's just like. Uh, I, it's, it seems so elementary. It's like, oh, all the other guys are pulling pranks. I'm going to pull a prank, too. I'm going to put this bug in the cockpit. Hmm, I lost the bug. Big bug. Guess I'll have to use a <laughs> raccoon next time. <laughs> right? It's, it's just going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Come on. Oh my this gosh. isn't hard. Terrible move. It's like, just stick a note that says, kick me on one of their backs or something. Yeah, something simple. But that night, Grinder is awoken by a scritch, scritch, scritch noise, the one exactly like the one the Night Prowler made in its cage. He opens the door, but only finds Fanon entering his room with no knowledge of anything weird going on, except for the fact that Grinder is standing there without any clothes on. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Bothan oh. sleep in the nude. Add that to the list. <laughs> oh, God. I did not need that mental image. <laughs> I just hope there's just fur everywhere. <laughs> like, and to, it covers anything. They have to change their sheets every day. Oh my god. Okay, alright. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the 11 rogue wraiths go on their run through Tordari- through the Tordarian system. Things go as planned. The rogue wraiths fairly easily take out their ultralight assault vehicles without problem and laying waste to the warehouses. They also manage to pull off the rogue deception well, with Face seamlessly letting a Tycho and a Tyke into the comms. Which sadly is the most Tycho we're going to get in this book. Maybe not. Disappointing. Oh, you're right. I guess we have three more chapters. You never know. It was one of those things where I was reading the page and hadn't gotten there yet, but, like, my eye saw his name, and I was like, yes, (laughs) finally! But then I got there and was severely disappointed. So disappointed. I'm imagining, like, Heath's eyes in slow-mo moving to the word Tycho on the page as the Celine Dion track plays in the background. (laughs) (sighs) You're here, there's nothing I fear. (laughs) Exactly. It's like you're running towards Tycho in slow mo, but when you get there, you realize that it's actually just a Bothan. Oh no! Deception! Could literally not be worse. (laughs) (laughs) When they all get back, Kel is whining because in their three altercations, he he still does not have an aerial kill. Basically, everyone tells him to shut up. Yeah, Kel. Admiral Triggett calls in to give the Morobe system assault to give the Morobe system assault plans to Captain Derillion. They'll be meeting them in system, and his ties will escort the ship. The main force of a task will be the Tie Fighters from the Implacable. Triggett then asks if he can learn about the secret dealings between Derillion and Warlord Gabor. At first, Face panics, thinking they've been found out, but realizes that Trigget is talking about the extra things he's doing and not the Republic attacks. Face then makes it quite clear that Derillion is an honorable man and would not give away his private communique. He goes on to say that this pretty much proves his loyalty, because should he ever find himself an employ of Trigget, he'd be just as honorable. The conversation ends with no further surprises, so that's good. Good job, Face. 
<laughs> Grinder is once again awoken by the scritch, scritch, scritch noise. <laughs> it's kind of cute, actually. If it, like, if it, it wasn't it a bot, then it's kind of cute that there's a scritch, scritch, scritch noise. It's only cute if it actually sounds like the way Meg is saying it, though. Right. <laughs> well, I, yeah. that's the only way that I imagine it does sound. Unable to figure out where it's coming from, he reads up on the Storini glass prowler on his data pad. As he's looking up information, he finds a similar entry for a Storini crystal deceiver. It looks like the glass prowler, but it's very dangerous to mammals. It has a paralyzing venom that it uses to attack its prey and then eats them slowly alive. Yikes. Yeah. And there's a nice little note saying that, like, the venom is totally curable, but... Only if it doesn't eat too much of you first. <laughs> so, good luck. <laughs> it happens to remember the scent of mammals it comes in contact with, and it will track it down to feast upon it. <laughs> once again, Needless- demonstrating his Bothan nature, he never once goes, hmm, I guess it's a good thing that that bug didn't stay in Face's cockpit. No, he doesn't care about that at all. (laughs) (laughs) He cares about himself, and now he's scared. He's like, wow. He's never like, wow, that was a really cruddy prank that I just pulled. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I could have actually killed him. I could have actually killed someone. Because not only am I bad at pranks, I'm also bad at entomology. (laughs) He runs over to Fandon's room, thankfully with a towel around his waist this time, and asks him for the sealant they used when they were going through the waste vent. He gets it and covers every inch of his room to make sure the crystal deceiver cannot enter from any small spaces. Including his door, because he's a giant dummy. Wait, he didn't, like, seal his oxygen vent, right? Because he isn't a ship. Did he, though? (laughs) (laughs) He's an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. He eventually falls asleep again, feeling safe. But after an hour, he hears the scritch, scritch, scritch sound again. Except this time, the noise is coming from inside the room. No. Oh, no. Worse I love still, how this just became like a Bothan horror film. Like the <laughs> second half of this chapter. <laughs> so this great. just became Scream 5. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like... We're rooting for the bug in this case. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> the yeah. first scream film in which we root for the killer. <laughs> Oops. So worse still, the power in his room is not on. He manages to pr- he pries open the front door with his hands, but as he does, something drops down from the ceiling and he falls back, hitting the floor and losing consciousness. Close enough. And thus became part of Borskphalia's statistic whenever he would say, many Bothans died. (laughs) I mean, he might not have fainted if, like, he hadn't blocked his oxygen. Right. Or maybe he's just the worst. He's probably just the worst. Also that. But he didn't die, because in the next chapter... Boo! (laughs) <laughs> waking up in the medical This is the worst bay. horror movie ever. <laughs> One star. <laughs> I want up... my money back. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up to Fanon, Face, Wedge, and Wiz. He tries to warn them that they're all in terrible danger because the Crystal Deceiver is going to eat them all alive. Again, like I love how he he's woken up at this point and he still doesn't get it. <laughs> Not not even a little bit. (laughs) However, when they look into the encyclopedia system, there's no information on a Storini glass prowler or a crystal deceiver. Wedge is thoroughly unimpressed with Grinder's rantings and tells him to get some sleep. That's that's like a modicum of uh, payoff, I guess, is getting unimpressed Wedge. (laughs) Yeah. Wedge and Wiz leave, but the other two linger. Grinder needs to make sure that Face, for some reason, believes him. <laughs> and Face just tells him to sit down. He then pulls out a cobbled together device that makes the scritching noise Grinder was hearing in his cabin. <laughs> Face then reveals that this was all payback. All of the pranks that we've seen on the ship so far have 
have been traced back to Grinder, especially after he found the glass prowler in his X-Wing. Fanon had also stolen a, gr- a glass prowler from Storinal, so Face was used to seeing it because I guess X-Wing mates like hang out in each other's rooms a lot, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. <laughs> yep. I'm shipping like, Face Nan all of a sudden. <laughs> Fan Ace, and... Face Nan. Face Nan! <laughs> <laughs> mm. Or could just be face with a ph face oh, yeah. yeah face hashtag team face yeah fancy what's the ship name for that i know you know <laughs> yeah tell us please <laughs> so face when he saw the crystal the glass prowler he was not surprised and was just like eh i better like not sit on it and get it back to fanon's so they smuggle it back into his room, only to find his glass prowler already there. Kel, okay, well, and all the- yeah. if my best friend had like a tarantula or something, and I was driving my car, and that tarantula just happened to pop out while I was driving my car, <laughs> I would kill that tarantula. Okay. I would not be like, oh, I should save this for my friend. I'd be like, oh my god. Okay, yeah, but I'm not going to have a best friend who owns a tarantula. So. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was glossed over here how... When Grinder thought that this bug was loose, he was like, everyone is in immediate danger. And it's like, dude, you like left it for somebody to find. Like, <laughs> what? You don't feel bad about that at all. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so bad. Oh right? Because it doesn't seem like he was going to own up to like putting it in Face's X-Wing. He just needed someone to believe him. Yeah. So... They then figure out that it would have to be Grinder because there were only three of them in that facility, and they didn't think it would be Tyria who would go ahead and do that because she's a victim of the pranks and would not be into this. So let's see. Kel, who was also super done with what was going on, helped them bring up the mechanical components and figure out when Grinder went to sleep because he knows that apparently. <laughs> <laughs> They completely Let's just made not up think crystal- too much about that. Yeah, they completely yeah. made up the crystal deceiver, and they put in and removed the fake encyclopedia entries into the ship's computer. Grinder tries to say it wasn't him until they're like, "Bro, bro, come on, bro." <laughs> so then Grinder does finally admit that it was him, but he refuses to believe that he wasn't knocked out by someone else. He thinks that, like, they poisoned him or shot him with a dart or something. But too bad, he just totally fainted. He argues a bit for a while. He argues about it for a while. But under the threat of telling everybody about him fainting at the sight of bugs, he lets it go and says that they're even. Of course, Face can't resist leaving the scritching device in the med bay after him. And him and Fanon have one last laugh. That's almost. That was the beautiful story of the Crystal Night Prowler. It <laughs> <laughs> was something there it else. Is. There it is. <laughs> yeah. And that's how they solved the case of the pranks around the Nightcaller. <laughs> and that's when the murders began. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a great example of how these books are like different and what makes them stand out from Stackpole's books is that just like, he goes on these diversions a little bit and and it's not just like a little thing that we come back and forth but we just like totally devote all our attention to this like side story for a little bit and it's really delightful yeah right like i don't feel like we're wasting time at all learning about this yeah and it's good we learned that um face and fan and abysties and fan has bugs yeah yeah it's really good for making the characters come more alive like even though i don't care about grinder at all like I understand him a now little bit. Now we know he sleeps naked. Right. It's great. <laughs> and great. Our, our hatred of him is justified for a lot of reasons because of the story, so it's nice. <laughs> but back to business. The nightcaller meets up with an implacable provocateur and constrictor. Great names. <laughs> for a great Gosh. time, call. Great. <laughs> call the provocateur. Oh my god. Everything goes smoothly with Hrakness playing the physical part of Darillion and facing the comm center to reply to any transmissions. 
When they meet up, everything goes well, and even the modifications of the Nightcaller are explained away or even applauded. After they jump into hyperspace, Lieutenant Gara Pedothel comes up to Trigget. She's been reviewing the data from the Mort project, which is now revealed to be the tracker droids, the track tracker droids we saw earlier, and all of the information saying that the rogues are in the Talasia system came came from the same 22 units. So, obviously a trap. Yes, obviously a trap. Obviously. <laughs> I totally understood everything they said in that conversation. <laughs> I was going to boil it down to you for the important parts. <laughs> he drops the implacable out of hyperspace, but lets the other ships continue, sending a message for them to prepare themselves for an ambush. Trigget is then super gross when he talks about how, like, he would totally bang Pedothel, and it would be oh. great because she wouldn't want a relationship. Oh, it was so bad! Uh, Why did you do that? It was not great. In case you were wondering who was bad. It's Trigget. He's bad. He's gross. Right. When the three ships arrive at Talisia, they get Trigget's message and start turning around after deploying their TIE fighters. The Nightcaller follows their maneuvers and sets both ships in their sights but can't fire too soon. The goal is to keep them there until the Republic forces arrive. Faye suggests that they open the aft hold, letting the X-Wing proton torpedoes also be available from their berth. He sprints and hopes to make it to his X-Wing in time, but the hold is already vented before he gets there. Keld, in his X-Wing, is freaking out again. The fighting starts, and the X-Wings manage to get out of the hold. Gray Squadron, which is the Ties, now enter the fight. The Constrictor starts fighting back, and the bridge of the Nightcaller is hit bad. Nothing is left of the crew. Wedge and Phelan take the final blows to the constrictor they offer them to surrender and fit thankfully they do mostly because all of their engines are on fire it's a good reason to surrender right like maybe we can't fight anymore <laughs> face makes it down to the auxiliary bridge on the night collar and thankfully grinder knows the passwords which are worm turns which that word just grosses me out yeah, <laughs> yeah is there a story behind that I don't know. He like he he made a really big deal about like pointing out that that was a thing, and I was like, I don't know what worm turns means, but I kind of like it, I guess. Worm turns, <laughs> and Agamar rules the galaxy. Is this some like space D and D thing? It might be. That'd be amazing. Yeah, it probably. <laughs> is. I worm, mean, worm I turn like... sounds like the next dance move that the kids are into. Do the worm turn. Do the worm turn. I mean, maybe it's something really cool back on Agamar, because remember, Captain Harakonis is from there, so. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, That's why I also would not be surprised if it was some, like, space D&D, like, nerd move. <laughs> it kind of sounds like it. And he, like, yeah. definitely was the GM for his group, go- like, growing up. Oh my god, absolutely. He seems absolutely. like the guy. <laughs> He's like, this is how I learned my space strategy. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Headcanon accepted. Good. Face gets cover cover off to reinforce the bridge before it blows and vents out most of the ship, which is probably (laughs) good. The provocateur is still running at full speed, relatively unscathed. Kel forms up the wraiths behind him to bring it down. He gets sensor data from Face about where the shields are the weakest and have the wraiths do a proton torpedo barrage. It works, and the provocateur is left in pieces. Even though his idea was successful, Kel is still freaking out. Oh, Kel. So, Kel, Kel. You gotta get that under control. The next chapter starts off with everybody down on Talisia in temporary bases. The New Republic reinforcements did show up, and it was Rogue Squadron, an A-Wing Squadron, and two Corvettes. But it was only after it was well said and done. General Crispin is feeling bitter about missing his chance to get revenge on Trigget for blowing up his base on Folor. The Nightcaller is being repaired, purposefully sloppy looking, to make it seem like the crew themselves had to do it. When they go limping back, limping back to Trigget with a story about escape under unbearable odds, it'll be un- it'll actually be believable. I feel like they spend more time like beating up their ships in the hangar bay than they do actually like out in the the war zones getting their ships beaten up. <laughs> Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, I feel like they're constantly beating up and repainting and just, like, changing their ships. I mean, 
commando covert ops. Right. I guess. I don't know how those things work. You sounded really legitimate when you just said that, though. Oh, cool. That's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) Akbar then comes by to see Wedge and thanks him for his kind words about Jasmine. Oh. I know. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you. That conversation was just... Akbar was like, Wedge. And Wedge is like, Sir, I. And Akbar is like, It's okay. And Wedge is like, Sir, I. And Wedge is like, Or Akbar is like, I understand. And Wedge is like, Sir, I. And Akbar is like, They're there, son. I know. He's so good. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> my God. So consoled by Akbar. Yep. He would also like to see Kel sent his way so he can thank him himself for his brave attempt to save her. He also delivers a case full of treasures to Wedge. Because Wedge the space pirate is best Wedge. Best Wedge. At the next Wraith briefing, it seems like the New Republic has actually been keeping up with Wraith Squadron exploits and has not been losing their reports. Tyria gets a new X-Wing as a re- as, and is reinstated to active duty. Face gets a promotion to lieutenant for fine piloting and exemplary leadership. Kel gets promotion to Kel also gets a promotion to lieutenant for piloting and battlefield tactics, as well as a Calador Crescent, which is a high honor award for bravery as a pilot. Tabane gets promoted to captain, and she assumes the control of the Nightcaller. So Kel does not take these promotions with appropriate response. The promotion makes him pale and sweaty again. <laughs> And the Calador Crescent makes it even worse. During this whole time, he doesn't even look Wedge in the eye. So, as the briefing is over and Wedge and Wiz leave the room, Wedge wants to know what the heck is going on. And he mentions that because when he got his Crescent, he felt like he could take on the entire Empire himself. Mm. Yeah. Yep. He had a very colorful way of saying that he could just, like, spit at the TIE Fighters and they would explode. So... <laughs> <laughs> And neither of them have any idea what's going on. And so Wiz, Wiz just jokes that they should just kill Kel. <laughs> yes, that's a good joke to make. And finally, it's Jansen the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> what if all this time Wiz is just waiting what if? to kill him? And he's, just, he's oh like God. joking about it. Everyone's like, ha ha, Wiz the Joker. And he's like, no, actually. I know. And I'm like, Wiz the stalker. <laughs> this, this is a horror film now. It really is. It's great. It's weird. <laughs> yes, both of those things are true. Kel <laughs> <laughs> retreats back to his room, but Tyria follows him. He says that the metal is a lie, both for his flying skills and for his bravery. He keeps insisting that if he was good, then he would have saved Jasmine. <laughs> he then sets honesty to on. <laughs> that is definitely uh... their thing. <laughs> and he talks about how he's getting more scared and everything is just getting worse. He finally admits that he's his father's son, and at some point he's going to break him. At some point he's going to break, and at best, he'll be brought back for a court martial, but at worst, Wedge or Wiz are going to have to shoot him down. Okay, like I kind of resent that Jasmine died and all that it's done so far has just made him even more like he is. Like, all he's right. done is just been like, I could have saved her, it's all my fault. And it's like, oh my god. This would not have been the reason she died, was just to make him do this. Yeah, her death right. seems like it was a tool for the Male amplification feelings. of man pain. Almost Ugh. like they put her in a fridge. Almost. Kel has enough man pain. He does not need help from others. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes on to say that he's deluded himself for so long as a child that the things about his father weren't true. But when he joined the Navy, he met some um, yellow aces who were there and knew the truth of it. Tyria then asks Kel if he can trust her opinion more than his own. He, of course, says no. But she insists that he should because he doesn't know himself very well. Look at all the things he thought he knew but was wrong about. A.K.A. was being a murderer or him like totally being in love with her and all those other poor decisions he makes. Tyria wants him 
to believe that she's right about this, that Wraith Squadron is better with him than without. And we all agree. (laughs) (laughs) Do we? Do we? I guess we do. So, my understanding is that Kel is kind of like the main-ish character of this book, but that's not the same for the next two books. Is that true? Um, so... This is a little bit different than the Rogue Squadron books. Um, I would say that there's more like... mm, It's kind of hard to like pinpoint a super main character in the Wraith Squadron books. Mm -hmm. Like Kel definitely you follow his storyline throughout the three books. But the same can be said for like Wedge and Face and like some other characters. So... So his his story will continue through the next two books. It will. It will. I only Um, say that because we got some uh, frosty feedback based on our less than warm reception to Kel so far. And I'm just still not seeing where the the fan love for this character comes from. But it's good to know that there's three books for his character to to develop here. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, we got a bunch of books of Corrin and my opinion did not warm over much for him. So we'll see. Right. Yeah, but like in the in the Rogue Squadron books, it was definitely like Corin is the main character in this, right? Um, whereas in this one, it's it's more difficult to say that like yes, these books are about Kel because they're not really; they're about Wraith Squadron, right? So. Staff, I think we have to read I Jedi to get to the point where people started to like Corin, uh, or like the NJO books, right? Okay, NJO passed. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't really like Corin until NJO. Will I ever like Corin? Is the real question. No, you won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you right now that you will not. Yeah, I kinda saw that coming. Yeah. yeah Kel so. has potential though. I could maybe like him. Yeah, he, he does. It's just he, that he's he needs to get broken down all the way first so then he can get built back up. Of course. He's like a little weak right now. He just needs yeah. to get better. He's right. certainly like, he's, less obnoxious. Yeah, like he's half broken down right now, but he can be smashed more. And then Oh no, I'm suddenly very worried for Tyria's well being. Oh no. Don't say that. It's fine. Don't you say that. Yeah. Uh, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have None a feeling that we've been told that before. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna be a topic of conversation in Meg's secret DM. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the Nightcaller then jumps to its original <laughs> rendezvous point from Blake. <laughs> yep, that about Real sums nice it up. Deflection. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> My honesty is not set to on, okay? <laughs> scritch, scritch, scritch. Scritch, scritch. Oh. 100% doing that to people at Celebration. <laughs> So when they get to the rendezvous point, obviously the Implacable is not there, but they transmit their report to Zinj, sorry, about to Warlord Gabor, and <laughs> about Trigus' betrayal and their escape. They then jump to the Obinipur, <laughs> Obinipur, yep. I'm going to say Obinipur. It's like so Obi-Wan, but with a Nippur at the end. <laughs> yeah, obviously, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> right. So they jump to the Obi Nipur system for their schedule to stop. While there, they get a transmission from Trigget. Face plays the part of pissed off Darillion, but Trigget is unaffected. He then co- connects with another Hololink with Warlord Gabor himself. Warlord Gabor reports that it's been Rogue Squadron that's following them. The Nightcaller will meet up with Trigget and they'll destroy them. Darillion suggests that they do more, that they can do more than that by picking a target that's worth more to Warlord Gabor to stage the next visit to. So they want to blow up more people than just Rogue Squadron. That's the point. Because they're bad guys. Yeah. Kill more. <laughs> Trigon is not a pew, fan pew, of the But the bad kind. Right. <laughs> Trigon is not a fan of this plan and he just wants to like get rid of the rogues. But Warlord Gabor wants more damage and goes along with it. They each wink out before Face can properly say his goodbye. (laughs) 
When Face turns to Wedge, offering a half-apology for improvising, Wedge repeats Trigget's line to him about being a decent lieutenant if his ambitions don't kill him first. Once again, Wedge walks out before Face can finish a yes, sir. So it ended on a rather jovial note, even though, like, stuff is starting to go down as we go into yeah. the final four chapters. For Getting next real. Week. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I can't oh believe my. we're almost done with this book already. I feel like we just... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a secret DM. <laughs> of course you did. Uh-huh. <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> it's a secret, Seth. Yeah, but you could tell me the secret, and then I just won't tell anyone else. Oh, yeah, come on. Aren't we your number one Padron? Yeah, who else is going to know except for us four? And all our listeners. What point? Speaking of secret DMs, let's chat <laughs> listener question. I guess I'm not going to make that out. While Meg sends and receives secret DMs. <laughs> Last week we asked, what would your ultimate space vacation resort wear be? We got some really good responses as usual. Snoke said, I would wear my Tarkin, Ezra, Palpatine, or Plagueis costumes. No one would ever know. <laughs> oh that was actually... <laughs> Look, I, I've got to say, Snoke usually gives, like, the most Snoke response. This one was really good. That's like, wrong. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Good job, Snoke. You hear that, Snoke? Good job. Just Nick said, just, yeah, just this once. Maybe next week, too. Keep it up. <laughs> we believe in you. <laughs> I, I don't think we should be saying we believe in Snoke. This might go with the <laughs> Yeah, that has some weird undertones anyway nick said <laughs> i'd bring my son with me no one suspects a guy with a baby and everyone looks away when he cries i dress as a street pe- preacher yelling about the importance of life day and then he also said he would dress as jar jar no one would look at me and i could do so so much damage <laughs> i hope he does all of these things at once <laughs> yeah and this is a so vacation good. none of these are mutually yeah. exclusive <laughs> you gotta pack multiple outfits we didn't say that you were like a secret not vacation blown stuff up like we actually just wanted your vacation wear. i mean i think that was implied though because we were talking about the squad on their undercover vacation so that's true but yeah that's fair ian miller said i would wear a rogue pod t-shirt but with y wings because no one would recognize me with flying bricks on my shirt see i was about to to be really proud of this response but then you kept going ian <laughs> I mean, no, I was kind of like an up and down, and then back kind of up again because he did insult the Y wings while he was at it. Yeah, yeah. But he's, the he's insinuation that a rogue there. pod shirt even exists with Y wings on it. How dare you? Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> Didn't I do a rogue pod logo, but with Y wings once? Was, was that, that April Fool's? That was April Fool's Day, wasn't it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, like the first April Fools. That Speaking was of, we have to plan because we've got one coming up. Oh here. yeah! Oh we no! Have to plan. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh god, nothing will ever be our Legends and Lore takeover though. So <laughs> <good>. <laughs> that was just uh, best. Brilliant. Kisses fingertips. Yep. So good. News of the Galaxy said I would have a shirt from Guardians of the Galaxy, so people can come up to me in the Star Wars universe and say what. <laughs> <laughs> also no pants okay and maybe i'll have your podcast logo shirt on too okay but where would the podcast logo shirt be <laughs> it's underneath the guardians of the under galaxy the guardians oh, of the, okay, yeah, okay 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 the guardians of the galaxy but i feel like that so would that... also make people in the universe go what what <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing no pants what's a padron and why yeah why don't you have pants <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of reasons there Ah, oh, eggplant emoji. Brian said, board shorts with speakers that play the climax to My Heart Will Go On whenever I spike the beach volleyball for match point. <laughs> oh my god. That's a strange song choice. Also, the second time it's come up this episode somehow. <laughs> no, have you not seen this meme going around? I thought that's why you mentioned it earlier. This no, we're actually just thinking of Celine Dion. Yeah, this is a meme now where people take like game-winning basketball shots and set them to "My Heart Will Go On." The oh, climax. Real? Were you... the Wait, we're here. We don't were none of you on Twitter the other day when I was setting Star Wars scenes to "My Heart Will Go On"? No, I'm not. Sure. Oh my god, 
You have to go find them. They were so good. Okay, I'll go through your feed. Okay. One is Obi-Wan slicing Anakin. (laughs) My heart will go on. And it's so funny. It's like a current meme, which I give Brian points for that. So Yeah. Wow. That was I an amazing you, coincidence. I thought that's why you brought up Celine Dion. <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> People can just think of Celine Dion because she made some good songs. And were, like that music video top. is iconic. She's that's just like just, in the wind the whole time. Whenever I picture like an over-the-top emotional moment in my head, like that's the song I put it to, which it makes sense that that's why the meme happened. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that, Brian. Nancy said, my vacation clothes would be a bathing suit with a Rogue Padron t-shirt cover-up. Classic. So much pandering. Classic. Oh, uh, God. I think we got a lot of pandering this week, because last week we gave a glistening Bodhi to someone who pandered. <laughs> good pandering. <laughs> We're setting bad examples. I know. Yeah, it was, it was Our good listeners... pandering. Maybe we couldn't them, but it worked. Friendly reminder that the glistening Bodhi so. has no value whatsoever. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, literally <laughs> none. <laughs> Value is our appreciation of them. Yeah. Whoa, Danny. Nobody, people want our validation. Yeah. Like, it's literally just an award that four strangers on the internet made up. Family, <laughs> please. <laughs> All right. Cole said a print, which they included a brilliant photo of, um, so we can tweet that out, with a button-up over X-Wing jumpsuit with crocs god i'm gonna have to question your footwear choice Cole. i mean it makes sense given what the rest of the outfit has on it that's true yeah (laughs) yeah so this image is amazing it says is this the one no we're not we're not to that one yet oh i oh i'm sorry yeah but yeah we will get there and it's so good oh what was the what was cole's print then um here, I'll find it and put it in the show notes for you all. And then we can also retweet it. Da, 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 da. Actually, I'll just retweet it later. That's fine. No, th- there it is. I found it. There it is. Oh, classy. Yeah, cool. I like it. It's good, right? Yeah. Good vacation wear. Yeah. Yeah. Raising Fangirl said my vacation wear would be Rogue One Pod t-shirts. <laughs> With the sleeves cut off. That's oh, so like, betrayal. This is like reverse pandering. So, I, yeah. <laughs> right? Now you're just I, nagging us. I will step in to Raising Fangirl's defense here. When they tweeted this answer at us, I immediately responded like, wow, rude, why not our shirts? Um, and I don't think they realized that we had already announced our shirts yet or something. Because the response was... This was before your shirts were announced. Oh. Hmm. But wasn't that the episode in which we just talk about shirts at the beginning, middle? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, so as, <laughs> as we learned from our highly scientific study a few weeks back, sometimes people respond sometimes to the question forget without listening to the episode. Said. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Kind of they like typed the wrong name by accident. Well, they could have also done yeah, the response th- question before listening to the episode because we do tweet out the question. We oh, do. Yeah. yeah. So we encourage that people don't do their homework. We enable them. <laughs> I will I will step in to raising fangirls defense here on that one. Warbash said full Princess Amidala get up with Rogue Padron t shirt underneath, my little secret, blazing sun on the beach. I like the idea that you're in like a full Amidala costume, but underneath you are repping our brand. Still repping us. <laughs> <Right. laughs> That's gonna be so warm. <laughs> Mika said I would wear nothing but my glistening pecs <laughs> Mika yes. so good Amy our um, far far away radio family co-host said a Hawaiian shirt with stormtrooper armor and or at least the helmet and she also sent over an awesome drawing of that exact there outfit. was so much good we, art this week. I know. It's so good. Did you all see that? Or do you want me to put that in the show notes too? I, I saw, I saw that awesome. one, yeah. Um, Seth, you said you didn't? I did. Oh, you did. Okay, everybody yeah. saw it. Cool. But I'll retweet it so our listeners can see it too. Um, Tom said, lime flip-flops, blue I'm gonna flame. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. Yeah. Okay, continue. <laughs> what? 
Danny, why are you like this? <laughs> I didn't know if we wanted to talk about lime flip flops or not. No, they're oh, fine. Okay. No, lime right. flip flops are fine. What? I mean, what's your issue with lime flip flops? Oh, like, it seems like you color. stopped us thinking we would want. Well, to okay, I forgot that lime is a color. I was thinking like <laughs> flip flops made of lime. <laughs> I was thinking like scented or flavored, and I thought this was something that we needed to discuss. <laughs> so Danny needs to go back to school and study his colors. <laughs> yes, I always forgot the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, lime, blue, and violet. I mean, if someone said teal here, you would know what they meant. Well, yeah, because that's not a food. <laughs> Orange, Danny. <laughs> Does that confuse you every single time? <laughs> oh my shirt is orange. Okay. Hold up. <laughs> Are we gonna talk about this? Your orange shirt. Well, Danny. Tom, your lime flip flops are fine. Danny's just having a moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really hungry, I guess. <laughs> For limes. <laughs> have okay, you never well, had a I lime craving in... before? I yeah. I have lime cravings all the time, as make noise. But also, I have a question. What's a flip flop? You, it's a sandal. You call it a thong. Thing between your toes. No, we don't call them thongs, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call them? <laughs> Jandals. Jandals. <laughs> yeah. Like a J. <laughs> Like Japanese sandals, that's all we call them. Sandals? Wait, what? Also, they're not even Japanese. I know. I think that's why we call them that. Is this offensive and racist? I don't know, but we legitimately call them jandals here. Oh my god. How is that better than thongs? Jandals. It's not like a thong. Oh, that's the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Some lime thongs. Tom is wearing a lime thong. <laughs> no, thongs. One on each Thong. foot. Yeah. Oh, God. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that prompted quite soon. the discussion. <laughs> now, that, now that we know that we're talking about the color lime and footwear, I think we can move <laughs> on. So Tom is wearing lime flip-flops, a blue flame pattern board shorts, pilot orange shirt. Hold up! (laughs) It's a pilot orange. Yeah, I mean, that's very clear what he means there. With yellow and white rebellion logo, um, fanny pack translator droid, a maroon sun visor with a University of Southern Coruscant logo worn backwards. This is like, Tom really thought about this. A dude bro outfit or something. Yeah, he's totally broing out on the beach. Bro, Wait, his point is a fanny pack. Bros for fanny packs. No, it's a translated droid fanny pack. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's like MTD. MTD? Yeah, from Young Jedi Knights. Oh. Uh, the Wookiee character, Lobaka. Read read, <gasps> read the crowd, Meg. Uh, he has... <laughs> <laughs> he has a little Wait, like, Lobaka. translated droid... Like, always clipped to his belt because his friends don't know Wookiee yet. Oh, that's yeah. cute. So the droid's name is MTD. Wait, but okay, is Lobaka related to Chewbacca? Yes, it's his nephew. <laughs> Does he also have, like, a twin brother called Hybaka? <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? And occasionally they see their estranged sister, Medium Baka. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's a oh no. It is not a genuine question. Don't tell me do that. (laughs) His nickname is also. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So, yeah, back to Tom's. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Tom's answer, which has elicited a lot of discussion, maybe more than the book this week. He said, also, a white tank top with a print from my favorite Coruscant hipster artist, Doros Warhol, and the print is absolutely amazing. It's a bunch of neon Bothans, and in the center it says, many Bothans 
died, but died is spelled D Y E D. Oh my god, it's so good. I want this shirt. It's amazing. It's brilliant. <laughs> so I'm going to give an automatic listening Bodhi to Tom. Oh yeah. 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 Anytime that your question and response prompts literally 10 minutes of discussion, <laughs> <laughs> that's an automatic listening Bodhi. Automatic listening Bodhi. Or GB for short. Yep. Yes, a GB. <laughs> No, that, um, that means so many things. We're not going to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> what What does it mean, Seth? Things I probably can't say on air. Sure can't. <laughs> oh my. It's fine. Um, I also think Amy, because of her drawing, it was really good. It was super good. I loved it. Definitely. Any other glistening bodies? <clears throat> I would give a slightly smaller glistening body to Mika. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, God. Brian needs a glistening body for the My Heart Will Go On, go on thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's memeing. So funny. The meme machine. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, this week's question is also a good one. What prank would you pull on your Bothan squad mate? Ooh. I would wrap their X-Wing in saran wrap and then blow dry it. Oh my god. Wow. Rude. <laughs> yeah. I would hide fake Death Star 3 plans everywhere. <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> and wow. he or she would always just like be finding them and be like, oh yes, again, my people have saved the day. But <laughs> it's just fake. Are you assuming your your wing person is a Bothan? Yeah, it says that oh. in the question. Oh wait, your Bothan squad mate. Yeah, I was not paying attention. I was just gonna surrender up anybody's ex wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's specifically Bothans. Oh, then definitely that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I would just do something like really elementary, like I'd I'd write on a note that says, "Guess what." There is a bug that can paralyze you in your room, and I'd leave it in the room. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> I would shave something. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, I have, a, I have a really good one when Seth is done here. I have a really good one. On the back of their neck so that they couldn't see it, but everybody else could. Okay. Like, <laughs> good. I'm not going to shave something like... Heath, why don't you go? Yeah, so I would. Pl- so I used to go to Jesus Camp every summer. And Jesus Camp. Wait, what's Jesus Camp? Is it just like- called Jesus Camp? It's like a ch- it's a church sponsored yeah. camp. It's like a week long oh. camp, but you like, in addition to like playing every day, you also spend your part of your day praying and like reading devotionals the and yeah, whatever. Um, I turned out fine. um but one summer we played this awesome prank where before camp we bought hair removal something or it was like a hair removal liquid of some kind oh no did you add to the shampoo we put it in someone's shampoo yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i would do that to my bothan squad oh my god i would 100 do that like that is great or I'd put, like, something really sticky in it so that their fur would just get rolled off. Yeah. Just roll them in bubble gum. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, put, like, <laughs> eye in it, like, red dye so that their fur would just turn pink. Yes. So cute. Yeah, definitely mix in some manic panic hair dye into their shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. Oh, my God, so good. Do you have an answer for our question this week? Hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Quadrant. You can also go buy shirts from us now at Tee Public. You can find a link to that on our Twitter. Go buy shirts. They're really cool. You can vote for us at the Podcast Awards for Best Literary Podcast. Find us on StarWarsPodcastAwards.com. Go vote for us. Get us win our own award for once. Find us on our website, RoguePodrant.tumblr.com, and you can email us at RoguePodrant at gmail.com. Subscribe to us via the Farfire Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, or Google Play, and leave us a review. And also go buy more shirts. Woo. Sure. <laughs> oh, sure. We should also mention that the shirts, the profit does not go to us. 
Right. Any profits go to a charity. Danny, do you know which charity? Or yes, I do. I'm not Danny, he... but I know. <laughs> yes, he... <laughs> anybody I knows. I just said yes in. when you asked Danny. <laughs> I mean, same person. Uh, yeah. Um, Riz, Riz Ahmed, aka Bodhi of Glistening Bodhi fame, set up. Um, <laughs> not not of Rogue One fame, <laughs> of Glistening Bodhi fame. No, that. He's famous for being listening, Bodie. Um, <laughs> set up a fundraiser for a charity that aids um, refugees from Syria. So any, like literally any penny that we make from these shirts is going to go directly to that charity. So you can look good in our swag and help a good cause at the same exact time. Yeah. Yeah. So next time... On X, we have X-wing race squadron chapters twenty-eight to the end. Oh my so god! That's going to be a very exciting show as we wrap up the first book in the Wraith trilogy. I'm sure it'll end on a high note, and we'll all be happy. We're going to be yeah. so happy. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash hmm. out. Scritch, 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 scritch. <laughs> Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. <laughs> you, you okay, Saf? I'm not going to do sa- do that to Saf in like the middle of the night in our room. <laughs> You're fit or not? Scritch, 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 scritch. It's like Bothan oh pranks, but instead of the Bothan, it's Saf. I'm just saying. Then. <laughs> nobody use your shampoo at celebration. <laughs> <laughs>